Welcome to day four of our look at 1 Thessalonians chapter two and daily drive time devotions. We're gonna look at verses 10 to 12 today. We're talking about building a life that lasts. And then if we're gonna do that, we have to go through a checklist from time to time. We have to check our motivations. We looked at the first few days. We talked yesterday about checking our actions and what we're doing. And today we're gonna focus on checking our message. To live a life that lasts, you have to have a message that lasts. Now, you may not be a teacher or a communicator of any kind, but we all have a message. Let me read for you verses 10 to 12. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. As Paul talks about the message, he starts with the messenger, and then he talks about the message. Both have to be things that last, if our message is gonna last. First the messenger, and then the message. The message always begins with the messenger. And so Paul talks about three words that are lifetime goals for anyone who wants the message to be lived and shared through their life, that God can make a difference. He uses the words holy and righteous and blameless. Holy. One of the meanings of holiness is it is intended for a single purpose. It is focused in on God's purpose. The purpose of my life, your life, is to bring glory to God. So you live in that kind of way. Righteous. It has the word right at the very beginning. Righteousness. It has the idea of living in right relationship with God and others. And that means you begin to live in the right kind of way, make the right kind of decisions in your life. You choose to do the right thing. Paul says that's part of the life of the messenger that makes a difference. And then he uses the word blameless. Now, you may be thinking, oh, I don't qualify for that one. I am certainly not blameless. Blamelessness does not mean sinlessness. Paul recognized that we all all have sinned. It means, well, one sense it means openness. It means openness about my sins as I know them. When Paul said, I'm blameless, he wasn't saying, I've never done anything wrong, I've I've never sinned. He was saying, as far as I know, I have been open about the wrong things that I've done in my life, both to God and to others. And he certainly was. In the Bible, he calls himself the chief of sinners. He was open about the fact that he was not perfect. Blamelessness is openness about our lives, about our sin. Holy, righteous, blameless. Those are three words that are lifetime goals but also burn into your mind two words that are necessary for this message to get through. He says we are holy and righteous and blameless among you. Those are the two words, among you. It says we live with people that we make an impact. If I could just seclude myself, some of us think, then I'd be more saintly. We think we need to hide out in order to be holy. Well, then what's the impact of your life? The world is more likely to say, show me, than it is to say, tell me. So they have to see the messenger. I know it's easy for some of us to think, wow, in order to be holy and righteous and blameless, I I gotta quit my job. I gotta get out of this mess. Nobody here appreciates me. You wouldn't believe the things that they say, the movies they talk about, the values that they have. I'm struggling with the fact, I don't even have any real friends here at this work. I'm the only Christian here at this entire place of business. Let me just ask you, who's gonna be the light when you're not there? Who's gonna show the way when you're not there? Doesn't it make sense that if there's a place of darkness, God's gonna send some light? 
Uh, you might be thinking, oh, that'd be great, Tom, if the light, if the light were coming on, but it's not working. I'm there, I'm trying to be the light, but sometimes I feel more overwhelmed by them than having them see what's happening in me. I'm criticized, I'm ridiculed, it's not working. Let me remind you, light is light. And the criticism, even the ridicule, is a reaction to the fact that you're bringing the light of Christ into that darkness. Because the light of Christ is in you. Yes, you are not perfect, but the light of Christ is in you. Doesn't it make sense that he would send his light to dark places? Of course among you. That's where the message needs to get. Not in churches where people go on the weekends, but among you, where people can see the light to light up their darkness. Maybe, just maybe, what's been discouraging you lately is your greatest place of ministry among you, the messenger. And then Paul also talks in these verses about the message. And he says we need to live lives that are worthy of God. That's the message that lasts. You were witnesses, so is God, how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believe. You know how he dealt with you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging you, comforting you to live a life worthy of God, God who calls you to his glory. That lasts. That's the message. That's the message that I have to share with you and that you have to share with me. That's the message that we have to share with the world, and it needs to be a personal message. You live a life that is worthy of God. Now, that word worthy there, the Greek word axios, it has the idea of weight, of, of equal weight, of measuring up to something. We tend to think when we say live a life that's worthy of God, that means I have to do some great, some weighty thing. Well, it's not about what you do so much as it's about you. Live a life that's worthy of God. Live in such a way that whatever you're doing, whether it seems important or unimportant, whatever you're doing, it measures up to the weight of God's love for you, the call of God in your life. It lives up to all that he is, all that he's given to you. And Paul says, as we talk about this message, living a life that is worthy of God, there's something that needs to happen in order for this message to get through. He says, we encourage and we comfort and we urge you to live this life. None of us do it automatically. We all need encouragement and comfort and urging in order to live this life. That's why we need to be messengers to each other. So the question is, who do I need to encourage today to live a life that's worthy of God? You can do it because of God's strength. Question is, who do I need to comfort? Who do I need to comfort so they can live a life worthy of God? Someone who's fallen, someone who's stumbled. Someone who needs to be lifted back up so they can get on the track again. Who do I need to comfort? And then the question is, who do I need to confront? He says, we urge you. That has the idea of confrontation. Sometimes we need to be urged to live a life that's worthy of God. If you're like me, you would rather encourage than confront any day of the week. But it's when you confront that the real changes often happen. At least I've seen that, I've seen that to be true in my own life. And Paul says, we do all three of these. We encourage you, we comfort you, we confront you. We do all three of these as a father would. So there's a sense of love and commitment that's behind all of these. Earlier, he told us that we're to love gently as a mother would. And here he says, we're to encourage and comfort and confront as a father would. Both the idea of mother and father are included in this passage. That's the kind of love that lasts. That's the kind of commitment that lasts. Paul talks in these verses about the messenger 
and the message. And you have a message. Now, you may never preach a sermon. You may never lead your small group even in a Bible study. You may think that's not me. It may be you, but you, you may never do that. That's not the point here. That's not the message that he's talking about. He's talking about the message of living a life that's worthy of God. And Paul says when you live, when you live that life, you're looking forward to the glory of God that we're going to enjoy in his presence together for all eternity. You live a life worthy of God in this world, and the strength that enables you to do that is looking forward to the glory of God, being with him forever, eternally, enjoying him together. That is the message that we have the privilege to share. Let's pray together. And as you pray, say, Father, help me to be a good messenger, holy, righteous, and blameless. Lord, it seems like I have a ways to go when I hear those words. But Jesus, I realize you can do in me what I cannot do in myself. So today, help me to make holy and righteous and blameless choices. I can't make those choices for the rest of my life, even though you've strengthened me to. I can only make them for today. So today, help me to make those choices. And Father, I pray today you would help me to make the choice to encourage, to comfort, to confront at the right times. I need your wisdom to do that. I need your wisdom to know when to encourage, to know when to comfort, to know when to confront. So would you give me that wisdom? You know people, you know hearts. I don't always. So give me your wisdom. I'm willing. I am willing to be your messenger who carries your message in the individual's lives today. And Lord, as I say I'm willing to carry the message, I don't want to be so prideful that I, I don't also say I'm willing to listen to the message. If someone needs to encourage me, if someone needs to comfort me, if someone needs to confront me today, help me to be open to your message in my life. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to be looking together at the last part of this chapter, verses 13 to 20. 